Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. Uh, hey, guys, I'm in here by myself waiting for Sherrod. If you guys can hear me, someone put it in the chat here. And if so, I'll start calling on people until Sherrod arrives. Yes, awesome. Okay, cool. Uh, welcome, guys. Uh, we're going to start to fill it up here. Um, waiting on Sherrod Blakely, and uh, we'll soon have Joe Sway and Bobby coming over. Uh, this sucked. Um, oh, God, Ore, all right out of the gate. Don't you want to get the blood going a little bit before you jump in? I'll get you in here in a minute. I will start calling on some people here, uh, and we'll start it going here. Another bad, bad, bad loss. Um, so obviously people have a lot to say. Um, so let me see who's in here. Ori, I'll open it up for you, buddy. Um, what's going on, man? Man, I'm just so tired of this, man. And no, then no shit, on top right? of that, we got, we got soccer dad Brad over here with these corny-ass post-game statements. <laughs> what did he say tonight? Was well, it another... he's, talk- he's talking about uh, he, he, uh, after the game, he walked up to Billy Don- Donovan and said it's it's a shame that their roster hasn't been, you know, healthy the whole year. That they could let me let me look at let me find the tweet. He said he said, um wait, let me find it real quick. He said it's too bad the Bulls haven't had a full roster all season. Steven said he likes what the Bulls have when they're full. Yeah, give me a break, man. Oh, he and then he's such he's and then he says something like their size and length was an issue. What the hell are you talking about? Tell your teams to beat the trash teams, and we don't need to talk about this. Stop complimenting the other team, man. Yeah, I mean, corny's a good way to put it, honestly, uh, because that's the vibe. And, it's like, just, uh, and, and hey, just, I, I, oh, Sherrod's in there. There he is. All right, cool. Uh, that's, keep going. I mean, it's just like, like you guys were saying, the over, like the overthinking and the experimentation with the lineups. Like, why are Pritchard and Neesmith getting thirteen and eleven minutes? And Smart got thirty when he's yeah. doing nothing but turning the ball over and shooting bricks up all night. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, yeah, this team is what, like seven, six games from the playoffs. Like, why are you still experimenting with lineups? Uh, like. Yeah, it- yeah, no, it's a good point. Sherrod's, Sherrod's in here. Sherrod, you good? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. we, we, oh, right, we talked about that, and obviously you, you, you heard. I'm with you, man. I find that – I don't know that – I mean, to be fair, I don't know that playing more Neesmith or playing more Pritchard uh, wins tonight. Maybe. I have no idea. But the, the, the fact that he's still searching at this point in the year right. – and. It, and again, it's, you're so right on. And, and this is what drove us nuts. And I, I mean, I, I don't want to be able to say like, oh, I was right. But like, I, I feared this a few games ago and we talked about it. Like, we finally felt like he was settling into a rhythm. The guys weren't playing like Grant and uh, Jabari and uh, Semi and Romeo. And, you know, Neesmith started getting his minutes. Pritch- it was like, okay, this feels like 
starting to tighten the ship here a little bit, tighten the screws. And then, you know, a couple guys go out and it's shit. Let's try a little bit of everything, throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. And it just, and it didn't. Bro, I just don't understand. Like, you don't need to overthink every single game. It's not that hard. Just make it simple. Neesmith has been playing well on both ends of the floor. He's making shots. He's hustling. He's playing defense. Pritchard gives you that offense on nights where there's where it's hard to come by. And it's like, why are you overthinking? Like, there's just no reason to overthink and not pl- and play these guys those little minutes. And yeah. and another thing is, I'm I'm one of the biggest Tatum apologists you can find. But like on nights like this, it's just it's just hard to defend. It's just hard to defend. Well, what do you? I, I, before I want to get Sherrod's take, but what do you? As an apologist, when you see a night like this, and uh, they're showing some highlights, brutal inbound pass to Grant Lair late in the game. But um, when you see nights like this, what do you feel like? You know, well, as a as a Tatum fan and a Tatum apologist, you know, I just uh, feel like. I just feel like he's at that level now where he's he's constantly seeing two, three defenders paying attention to him, and he still has to get used to it. And it's like when you're watching this game, these games, it's obvious that he's drawing so much attention and it's so hard for him to get shots. Granted, he missed some easy ones, but it's like he's still learning how to play through that. And especially when he's still trying to learn not to settle for shots, and you combine that with the fact that teams are teams are game planning game planning for him with two or three guys, that just makes it that much harder. So I feel like that's his next step is learning how to play through those type of defenses and combine that with not settling for for jumpers. And I mean, I know it's not easy, but I think that's like the next step he has to go through to become that great player. Is learn how to play through being. The, the one guy that teams are heavily game planning for. So that's just what I have to say. Um, all, all good points, Ari. Thank you. Sherrod, jump in. Yeah. I, I, here's the thing about Tatum. He – when you look at his game, uh, it's, it's a blessing and a burden that he's such an amazingly awesome shooter uh, because I think he has a tendency to, when times get rough, lean on what he by just by his simple work ethic and and what he's done for years comes naturally to him and that's to take shots but on a night like this when you know you gotta you you have to find a way to win this game you have to be he has to be better at recognizing what he has to give to the game in order to win and when your shot's not falling from the perimeter you have to attack and I, I, I still – I'm struggling to understand why half of his shots tonight were threes on the night when your jump shot wasn't there, um, why there weren't more attempts at getting to the rim. And I'm not going to sit up here and give the Bulls a ton of credit because they did some decent things, but Tatum is good enough to where he should have been to the free throw line at least three or four more times than we saw. And he should have had at least three or four more assists than he racked up because you had not one but two guys – who had it going tonight. Kimball Walker had a season high, 33 points, the best scoring game he's had all season. And then you had Evan Fournier, who came out and made his first five or six shots. When those guys were going like that, if you're Tatum, you get in where you fit in. It's clear that you've got two guys who've got it going that night, 
you don't. So what do you do? You find ways to amplify and augment what they're doing, knowing that you're still going to get yours in the end. And it just never happened. It was as if he made up his mind that I'm going to shoot my way out of this, even if I, if by by hell or high water, I'm going to keep shooting. And there's nothing wrong with that if you're trying to mix up your shot selection. And he did not do a good job of that. Um, this was a painful one to watch because they needed this one bad. Uh, the Bulls were in a back-to-back, second night of a back-to-back. You got to beat teams like that in that situation, knowing what you had at stake. Hey guys, sorry. Audio, uh, little audio glitch there. Um, everyone got me? Yeah. Hey, um, guys, do me a favor. Um, if you've requested to speak, please do so again. Uh, right now, this, uh, it's not updating for me. I'm only seeing them as they come in. When I put you on the stage, um, just make sure you stay muted. I just put Brady up there. Brady, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? Um, what's up, Sherrod? Um, you know, I got to say that, you know, this Celtics team has just been decimated, um, you know, with no continuity all year long. Uh, you know, they haven't – they just had any chance to get together. Uh, but that's not what uh, frustrates me. What frustrates me is the fact that I have to watch a team that's been built on this and they haven't done it all this year, and that's just effort. Uh, I've been waiting all year long. You know, they did it for like the first 11 games and that was it. Um, since then, I haven't seen this team play with consistent effort uh, for more than about five games or so. It's just disappointing to watch, really, because, you know, this team is as talented as maybe almost any of those elite teams that are like first or second this year. But they continue to just show lackluster effort, regardless of who's in the starting lineup. So I'd say. I just if there's anything I want to see in the last five games or so, whatever, it's just some effort so I can at least enjoy watching Celtics basketball because it's been kind of embarrassing to watch, to be honest. Brady, bring in the sadness. I, I'm like ready to cry right now. Um, I'm like, damn. Yeah, sad. Um, no, you're right, Brady. It's depressing as F, whether it's sadness or uh, or um, or uh, just – I'm just fed up. I mean, we started the show tonight, Sherrod, and I was like, I don't, I don't even know where to go, man. Um, hey, if I put you guys on the stage, please mute. Um, Zach, if you can mute, we'll get to you in a second. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to do. Oh, also, Sherrod, have you invited followers and tweeted? No, I'll do that right now. Do the tweet and invite followers. Let's fill the room up. The postgame show is wrapping up. We'll have Joe Sway and Bobby in there. But, Brady, I agree with you, man. I'm just I'm fed up. I, I, I want to see more basketball because I love playoff basketball. Last year was magical. You know, they put that together, played great basketball in the bubble, made a great run, really could have easily gone to the finals. That was extremely fun and exciting to follow the team night in, night out. We had a ton of fun doing post-game shows. Um, I'm looking forward to a long run where we get to do our shows and talk to you guys and have a little bit of energy. And it's just I, – I just don't see it. I mean – 
Would it be stunning to anybody here if this was a one-and-done one and team with a plan? Uh, absolutely not. Um, oh, I just had somebody and I lost them. Uh, I will let you guys know again, um, speaker requests are not coming through. So if you put one in, withdraw it and request again. Hopefully I will see it. But right now, uh, having a couple of issues. Um, Sherrod, what do you think? I mean, again, five games left here. If you had to handicap it, I mean, I, I have to think they can – find a way to sneak into the actual tournament, even if they end up as a seven or an eight seed here. But I don't know what happens after that, man. No, I mean, I think at this point, if they are able to get in, it, they won't be very long. They will not be around very long. Because the, the thing that we we have come to expect from this team is that they're just not going to give great effort. And they're not talented enough to just roll into the postseason, give lackluster effort, and expect to move on to the next round or, hell, even win a game or two. Um, and that's, that's a sad state of where this team is at. I mean, we're, we're to the point now where if they were to string together three consecutive games, whether it's in the playoffs, regular season, where you come away feeling that they gave really good effort, we would be shocked because that would be so unlike anything they've done up to this point. And that's sad because even when they've had stretches where they were winning maybe four, five, six in a row, they didn't have great effort all those games. Sometimes they just made shots. Sometimes it was literally that. That's all it is. That's, that's all, all it is. is. Right. On the, and it, they are a live by it, die by it sort of team. And it, they're not a particularly great shooting team. But it's always, I, every time I'm like, it's great. It's great when they fall, but that's it. They're always you know the 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 high volume assist games are usually high volume three point percentage like high volume three point shots and 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 high percentage of those shots falling and it is a little bit of smoke and mirrors where you feel good for a little bit um it's just a saccharine you know sort of you know high it's 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 not it's not real it's artificial because the shots fell and then when they don't you're like well they're settling for bad shots and they're not going in yeah they're not being aggressive and they're not driving the ball right no, no. I mean, it's 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 fool's goal. I mean, it's it's been fool's goal all season long. Uh, because again, and the, the the weird thing about this team is that even when Brad Stevens has had other teams in the past that weren't as talented, you still like them. You still like them because they played hard. You felt as though they were giving an honest day's work. They just weren't very good, but they played hard. This team, complete opposite, incredibly talented near the top. But they don't play with great effort night in and night out. You're going to have bad games. There's no doubt about that. But you should not have bad effort. That should not happen. No doubt. Let's bring in, uh, is it Dow Diesel? Yeah, yeah, it's Dow Diesel. How y'all What's doing? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This, uh, this game, it was disappointing. You know, we definitely shouldn't have lost to the Bulls, even though we were shorthanded. But pretty much, this this is just the whole season. This is the whole season. We we lost a lot of games that we shouldn't have lost. Um, you guys brought it up in the chat about like ten ten games that we definitely could have won, you know. And we would be, probably be like in a four fifth spot uh, coming into the season. We were only good enough, pretty much, to make like the fifth seed anyway, you know, uh, the way that the roster is constructed. So, um, what is it, next year, we, we definitely got to make some moves because I don't see it going any better. Um, we definitely, we can't, we can't beat Brooklyn. We can't beat Milwaukee. 
we can't beat the 76ers. This is uh this is it's not looking good. We can't we, we can't beat the Bulls, man. Uh, we can't beat the Bulls. <laughs> we can't even beat the Bulls. <laughs> and you this, know? Yeah. Or the Thunder. Or the Thunder. But it, it's it's sad. So like I said, next year we we definitely gotta make some changes. Um, I know that uh, people are saying you know no. either uh, either uh, what is it get rid of Brad or um, what is it trade uh, Jalen. Um, I know a lot of people have been saying uh, trade him for uh, Bradley Bill and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think that's a great idea. But um, somebody that's like similar to Bradley Bill, maybe like a, a CJ McCollum. You feel me? Like uh. I know uh Trailblazers, they're kinda like in they're kinda like the Celtics of the West. You know, they're a good team, but they just can't get it done. Um they got some good players. So maybe they're looking to, you know, uh switch it up. You know, CJ McCullough, he can create uh baskets. If you look at his stats, him and Jalen Brown are pretty much similar. Uh, I know he's like four years older, but um and I know his defense isn't that great, but you know Jalen Brown defense this year isn't that great either. You know, maybe uh, C.J. McCollum uh, throwing uh, what is it? Uh, what's his name? Rocco. What he's a he's a four. He's a stretch four. Um, uh, rock. They what's it? <laughs> he was on the he's on the Wolves. He's on the Seventy Sixers. He's on the Wolves. I forgot. I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, no. I w- names aside. Um, thanks, man. The uh, I I don't disagree. Like this is where you're kind of stuck is they don't have a lot of flexibility because, you know, they've got the Kemba contract. They're, they're, they're going to go deep into the tax. They don't have assets to trade. So you're worried about, you know, like they can't just, they've got a, they've got what a pick somewhere between four, 14 and 17 or 18, most likely that's it. Um, and no young stars, you know, Neesmith, Romeo, Rob, I don't think have a ton of value. So just, um, improving uh, by flipping assets is hard to do, which means you got to do a big shake it up sort of trade. And I think a lot of people are worried about it being a lateral move. And so you've mentioned Jalen for Beal. You know, we've kicked around some other ideas here, but like Sherrod, and now let's welcome in Bobby. And this is the part of the show I go looking for Josue because he's hiding somewhere here and he's hoping I don't call on him back in the classroom. <laughs> um, but I, I will. Where's that dude? I will find you, Josue, and I will bring you out here, and I will embarrass you. Um, no, but um, Sherrod or Bobby, uh, guys, jump in. You think this is one of those, you know, you got to make a trade for the sake of making a trade? Cause you, no. You, Good, Goodman said this on the show we had with him, or, good, you know, recently. Or when he when, – actually, when Goodman uh, did his um, garden report with Bob, uh, you know, the headline was trade Jalen for Beal. But what he really said was the crux of it was – if they get if they're in the play-in and get bounced or get demolished in the first round, you can't run it back with the same cast and the same coach. So something's got to give. Meaning you can't just roll these. Like I know Bobby said, well, resign Fournier, and then you've got Smart, and then you extend Rob, and you know they'll be better next year. I, can you run this cast of losers? I mean, after this kind of loser taste they've had in their mouth. And this group of players back with the same coach next year and feel good about it. You can't, you can't siphon assets though. Len Fournier go would be ridiculous. That, uh, that is hard to do. I'm saying I, it's not it's not whether or not it's a smart move. It's whether or not it is it makes you 
whether or not this team, as constructed with this cast of characters, if they run it back, is you could, that you could do that. You know I what, like John? The, here's the, no, go I, ahead. No, I, I was going to say, if you run this group back, this group, there has to be – if you don't change the personnel, you have to change the mindset of the personnel. And, and by that, I simply mean this. If you have – Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum back next year, uh, as well as most of the guys in that core group, the attitude has to be different. There has to be a tangible edge about them that we didn't see this year. They have to come in angry. They have to play with a different approach to the game than we saw this year. Because if Danny Ainge is going to make the decision to keep the band together, the band better be playing a different type of music. Than we saw this year. Get rid of that 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 whiny bullshit that we're seeing out here, where you you show up sometimes and play hard, and other nights you don't show up at all. That can't be. You've got to play with an edge all season. So, uh, so how do you do that, Sherrod? Because again, as somebody just made a comment here, and I'll just ask you guys a question. Uh, anyone who wants to answer it, but Bobby, Sherrod, which player who's we, we talked about Miami and Jimmy Butler. Miami takes on the personality of Jimmy Butler. What player does the, the Celtics team take the personality of? I think the guy has to be – I think it, it should it, be Tatum. It, sh- it should be and is, and the fact that it is is bad, and that's bad. You, you take the personality of a guy who's a little bit passive um, and shrinks sometimes, and when he does stuff, he does it on his own. None of those things are great. Yeah, I mean, the guy that I want them to take on, to be honest, is Jalen. More so. Joe Sway yeah. wants to speak. Yes, Joe Sway, welcome. Yo, this is why I don't do that. See, I don't want to speak, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously. I just didn't want to get crap for not saying it, so I hit it. I know it was sparse, and it was at the beginning of the season and whatever, but I love what Sherrod says there, because if you can remember those times, those games where Jalen was re- leading the charge, getting six assists, driving the transition game, scoring as many as 30-40, and really anchoring the team for that 8-3 and three stretch that they went on to start this year when we were really <laughs> believing in them. It's just, again, you hate when he's absent because of injury, but even when he's in there, there's certain nights where you just don't feel like he's empowered enough. How can they create a situation where he's at the front line, almost an equal to Tatum? It it's, it almost feels like he, they might never be able to get there because of how important Tatum is here. And I'm not saying trade Tatum or anything like that because that would be ridiculous. But there's got to be some way to work out a power-sharing agreement at that point because Brown cannot be Tatum's two or even three behind Kemba on certain nights. He has to be 1B to Tatum every single but night. Why does I don't it know ha- how they get there. But again, the best teams don't have those problems, right? Like they, they don't figure have, it out organically. They, they just they figure it out. Like why is this a problem? The, the bad teams struggle and they say these teams the guys can't fit together and the good teams just figure it out as Sharad said organically. I'm so tired of what needs to be done to make these guys you're you're both only talented good basketball players. You got to give you got to sacrifice a little of yourself for the greater good, okay? And that's both of them. It can't be, well, tonight it's your night and tonight it's mine, or here's your possession, here's my possession. I'm going to shoot a lot in the first, you're going to shoot a lot in the second. It has to happen organically, and it can't be an issue. Can't be- right. And I-, I think what worries me, too, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, and I've seen it happen, and it happens organically mm. when you have a team that's built to win a title. Uh, when I was in Detroit, Rich, Richard Hamilton was the Pistons' best scorer, but Chauncey Billups was that leader. Ben Wallace was the leader, but they weren't the ones that were necessarily always getting the ball down a stretch. They knew that there were moments in the game where they had to take the, the you know, the bull by the horns and, and carry this team and other times where they did not. And it wasn't a fight. It wasn't a struggle. It just happened organically because at the end of the day, their words and their actions were aligned. And that alignment was we want to win a championship. Not we want to be an all-star. Not we want to be the – we want to have our jersey retired. We want to win a championship. And, and, again, when you look at teams that have the kind of gridlock where there seems to be this, whether it's, you know, on the court or in the locker room or just in the stat sheet struggle with who's your leader and who should be the go-to guy and all that stuff, that's not about winning a championship. That's about winning favor with whoever the hell you feel is important. And that whoever that is, is not the team. Because if it was about the team, you put all that stuff aside and just play great basketball, play the role that you're being asked to play and leave it at that. Right. Right. You know, and, and I think without Jalen out there, you, you have Tatum, you, you had, he had an opportunity to sort of just galvanize the team on his own. I mean, obviously we know he's capable of doing that, but like, this is another opportunity of, of him. If he, he was, he could have done that. Right. And and I just think it's, it's frustrating when you don't have Jalen out there and you, and you just, you want to see that side of him. And it comes and goes. And we didn't see a whole lot of it in this game. And maybe a lot of that had to do with Kemba cooking and him and Fournier taking matters into their own hands. But in that second half, in that third quarter, I, I just thought he, he took way too many uh, bailout shots. And it almost seemed like Kemba was like, all right, I'm just going to keep doing what we're doing. And we'll see if we can get Tatum going later. And that later just never happened. Yeah. let's. Um, I want to work in a few more people. Uh, Chris has been waiting patiently. What up, Chris? Hey, Chris. What Where up, were you guys? from last time? Yep, it's me again. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> sound, sound like a broken record. I mean. Yeah, for real. It's, what you got this time. <laughs> it's all right, man. We all have to repeat ourselves. All. Um. So first, I want to start off by just saying a little stat uh, for you guys. Like, so the Celtics have been behind by ten points or more thirty-eight times this season. So what that tells me is that this team. This isn't a good team. Good teams don't fall behind yeah. that many times. This <laughs> in a season. We brought that stat so, up about a week ago or a right. couple weeks ago yeah. where we're like, it's an insane amount of games. That they're- yeah, and it's like we're, we're never up, and uh, you just can't start off games like that. And I don't want to make this like a whole Tatum bashing thing because he's obviously a talented player, but what I've been realizing is that his, he – I get he's young, but how many times are we going to keep saying that? But his floor isn't – he doesn't have a good floor. And what I mean by that is that other than when he doesn't score in isolation, he doesn't do really anything else to impact the team. He doesn't defend. He doesn't get stops. He doesn't He doesn't play make. He doesn't make the game easier for other people. Um, w- when he scored 60 – and I said it like I didn't really care that he scored sixty because I because he's the talented scorer. When he gets hot, he can do that in this type of league. 
after the game, instead of putting up that paper with the little corny uh, 100 point, uh, whatever, <laughs> the Will, you know, the 60, the, the Will, thing, the Will Chamberlain and, joint. Yeah, and the Will Chamberlain. Instead of doing that, I would have <laughs> wished, I wished him, I wished he would have said, like, hey, yeah, the 60 points is cool and all, but we're not playing well. So this doesn't really matter. It's on to the next game. But yes, it's a little cute picture. Yes. And you know they they kind of celebrated and they lost the next game. Like it's like what are we yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> it 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 doesn't make any so sense. True. No, I mean out the window. Everything's out the Chris, window. Chris, Chris, you, Chris, you bring that up. Joe Sway tells his story all the time. Last year we were out in L.A. Um, covering the game. Oh, Joe, Joe, Sway, Joe Sway was out there covering the Celtics Lakers when Tatum had that super, super game against L.A. And they lost, and there were some questionable calls late, and they kind of probably should have won the game. But it was like a very much like he has arrived. He did it on the big stage. LeBron was talking about him like my boy and all of this stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. nas- nationally televised a big deal. And, and it was a loss. It was a loss. And Joe Sway, yeah. describe the, uh, describe the uh, environment. Oh man, everyone talking, you know, laughs, Tatum's all smiles. I mean, it was just, it was weird. It was like, it just didn't feel like the locker room after a loss. Cause I've obviously been through a locker room. I saw this locker room after losses and you know, you, you just, it's, it's usually polar opposite of what you, what you hear and see after a win. I didn't see a whole lot. I don't see, I didn't see many differences between a, a, the, the wins and losses that, that day. And it was a mad name and it was just like, man, like this was like a nail biter too. It wasn't like they got, I don't know. I was really surprised that uh, everyone so, people weren't hanging I, their heads. I want to ask about Paul Pierce with you guys because obviously Tatum has even higher aspirations than Pierce did. But you know, Pierce went through those early career. You know, is he selfish? Is he is he able to make his teammates better? That kind of stuff. And then once they became a championship team, I I think he was almost looked at a guy as a guy who's like one of the best empowers of teammates. Uh, you know, among stars in the league. Like, well, what did it take for him to make that transformation? KG. Yeah. It, it's it's KG alone. Flip the it's switch. a, it's two, a different two, scenario. Yeah. Two letters. KG. There was yeah. nothing. Pierce. Pierce. The, fl- the switch flipped immediately. It was. Oh, it, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it was all he was been begging for years before that. You know, but, and it got to a point where it was like, all right, you guys either trade. You guys are going to trade me because you're not giving me that, that, you know, uh, superstar that I need. And then the Ray Allen trade happens. Oh, okay. Let's see this thing through. And then yeah, the rest is history. Pierce was classic. Good player. Bad team. Um, for his entire career, and 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 you know, not much, not much more. Um, I love that quote, though. I, I, I now I get it, you know. But as a kid, I loved it when he said, "I'm the classic example of a great player on a bad team," because yeah. it was true. But you're not supposed to say that. That's true. You're not supposed to say it. You know what's but, weird yeah. about the league now, though? Like, and again, there'll never be another KG again. But you can't even think of like outside of like LeBron, a guy who would come in here and bring that bona fide championship and. You know, Tristan Thompson's a champion and a veteran and all that stuff, but he's not that level of a player. Yeah, but where you don't know it until you do it. And again, it's a, a no, lot. No, but of you it, know what I mean? Like, the, the other stars around the league are getting and figuring out, too. But, but a lot of the 2008 stuff is revisionist history, um, the way it worked out, because at the end of the day, you actually did bring three guys who were just used to individual success and not much else. Granted, KG was a lunatic and it. He had notorious intensity, but Ray Allen was a just give, give me the ball and let me score type of player, and so was Pierce. So yeah, it wor- it people worked. forget too. Ray Ray was yeah. top five that year in scoring, so yeah. he was coming off a really huge yeah. scoring year. Ray was a monster. By the way, Ray Allen was in a dunk contest one time. People forget that too. Yo, um, he used to dunk though. He could yeah, he could fly. Man. But he Ray used to Allen, put people, I saw Ray put people on posters in college as a freshman. He dunked 
on the cues. So, yeah. So yeah. Ray oh, Allen, you Ray felt Allen that. Do, <laughs> Trust Ray, it, I felt that. Wow, People that must hear, have But everyone remembers, you know, KG is this facilitator who wasn't looking for a shot. No, KG prior to that was a guy who was like, give me the ball in the post and get the F out of my way. You know, mm-hmm. Pierce was Pierce was an isolation scorer. Just give me the ball and let me dribble around and get my shot up. Ray Allen always had the ball in his hand. He wasn't a guy running around screens to get free. He did that yeah. here. So we talk about, like, sacrificing yourself. Pierce, that's what's so funny to me, is Pierce could have easily gone down as just another, like, pretty good scorer, but just another guy if KG doesn't come here, you know? His story would have been totally different. Um, It's interesting because... So it flipped like that, and and, and we talk about what it's going to take. It's going to take actual sacrifice, which is a, a, a determination that winning is more important than stats, making all NBA, getting my extra 30 million. See, here's well, the thing. Yeah, here's, but that's so hard to compare the two. Hold on real quick, Bob. I just want to get this in. It's, hard, it's so hard to compare it's the two. It's hard at this age. They had, they had, well, yeah, that too, but also because those three guys in particular, they had the most profound respect for one another, you know? And, and I don't know if that's the same thing with the Celtics team, you Well, know? they were old, Joe Sway, and that matters. When you hit 30, it's a different kind of... Well, wait a minute. First of all, Bobby, 30's not old, okay? Second of all... Older! <laughs> no, but I, 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 get, I get what you're saying, but it's also, yeah, we've been doing this for quite some time, so I really want to win a championship at this point in my career, but yeah, also, hey, I, I've been watching you. You're one of the top greatest scorers I've ever seen in my life, Ray Allen. KG, you're one of the greatest defenders I've ever seen out here. You know what I mean? So, like, what I mean by level of respect, it means, like, they have to truly trust the core, the four guys, whether it's Marcus, Kemba, Jalen, you know, Tatum, and also hold each other accountable. Again, it's the same shit that we've been saying for months, but it's true. Like, it's, it's, uh, there's levels to it. And I just think those guys were a whole, they're on a whole nother level because of, yeah, what Bobby said, a lot of experience, but also they were able to trust each other because they knew how talented and how great all three of them were. My point is, I, it becomes a Tatum pile on some nights. And I, I think people at his worst get this vision that he's just all in it for himself and he's just worried about the all NBA and his scoring and all that kind of stuff. When I, I think you really look deeply at how he's trying to play this year and it kind of wavers a little bit, but there are some games where he is just locked in on moving the ball. And I think he has serious passing potential. I said this even back to the East conference finals last year, his passing on his best nights blows me away the right foot pass to the corner john we talked does a lot it, about that one is, the pick and roll blow, action does it blow you away or is it just okay i mean i don't think it's, <laughs> no i think there's someone i think I don't, there's something but he's legitimately awesome as a passer. i don't think he's a, I, I honestly i think at best He's a he's a competent passer. I was with he's you got, at one time. He's got potential, John. but he's got a and long he, way to go. Yeah, he's got a long way to go because his instinct is not to look for it first. Again, exactly. It's, Yo, it's it reminds not, me a lot of LeBron, right, John? Remember young young LeBron? Yeah, he, he was the exact had the exact same tendencies. He wasn't turning his neck around or yeah. he wasn't turning his head around until there was three guys surrounding. But that's my point. Tatum the dribbles does that all the time. He dribbles right into the double team so often. And, doesn't and he, lift his head up until he's it, trapped. But again, he, we're one we're one year into him having that role. It's so early. But that's not a role to me. That is basketball. Like it's basketball sense. If you're if you're used to the game of basketball being give me the ball and let me dribble, that's fine. This isn't a role as much as it is recognizing the only way basketball works is when there are two guys on me, someone else on the court is open. So I've got to get rid of the ball quick. That's not being a facilitator. That's just having a high basketball IQ. That's just how basketball works. 
You've got to move the ball. If you get doubled, someone is open. So you swing it, swing it, swing it until you get there. That's how it works. He doesn't Again, do we, it. We, he doesn't do it him, fast enough. Yeah. We've seen him take massive strides. He doesn't this process year, fast enough. Yeah, I don't, sometimes. Sometimes. I don't think the turnovers have been nearly as disruptive as and Jalen doesn't do it either. Jalen's worse. Mm, yeah, but I think Jalen. I think Jalen made more of a stride Jaylen's than, than Jason. Jalen's Jalen is Jaylen's way even worse. earlier in it, and he doesn't even get the reps <laughs> because he's Jalen is guy, way worse. He sees the green lines when he has the ball in his hand. Bobby, he's looking Jaylen at a score. He's not trying to pass that. Jalen does not look up I, at all. I have ever. I have the utmost confidence in Tatum becoming a. Six, seven assists a game guy one day, maybe even eight. I think his assists are going to go through the roof. If he evolves in 2026, yeah, all right. I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet. If he decides decides that he's going to be comfortable with 22 points a game, then yes, his assists would go up there. But if he wants to be 26, 27, 28, you know, get me on my second. uh, And I'm not saying that's his only motivation. I know, but look at Luca. You can have it both ways. But Luca is a point guard yeah, with the ball in his hands at say, all times. It's not even that it's man's not been even a pro close. since he was a teenager, well, fourteen years old. Luca is and he's in. got handles and he's an actual point guard, not a point forward. He's actually running the point. He right. If, he has Celtics, the, if yeah. the Celtics had another high level wing, and then you were forced to have Tatum play more of the of of the playmaker like Luca, then yeah, that that would be totally different. But Tatum right now, you know. The majority of the time he has the ball, he's looking for his shot, yeah, which is different than Luca. Uh, Luca can get his shot yeah. pretty much whenever he wants to, but Luca, it, it's a, it's a muscle memory thing for him. Yeah, you know why, Sharad? Because he was passing it. He, he was passing the ball to grown men since he was thirteen, fourteen years old right. at a professional level. That yeah. man, well, that, that man can pass the ball. That man knows how to pass the ball. Let me, uh, let me, let me work in. Uh, I've got Tracy waiting here. Ore, I know you're on deck. Stay muted, Tracy. Uh, Tracy, come on in. What's going on, fellas? Good to talk to y'all again, man. What's up, Tracy? I just want to say I'm on uh, up, Android, so yeah. This is hey, the second time I've got on, hit. so it's been working pretty Android good. Android fan. Right, you good. know, but uh, I want to say uh, I'm trying not to go all over the place with this, but, you know, just like the Celtics all over the place, I'm trying to narrow it down to, you know, get some out real quick. I just want to say that um, do y'all think that we kind of maybe gave the reins to the younger guys, which I mean, you know, Jason and Tatum are great. Uh, I mean, not Jason and Tatum. I mean, uh, Jalen and Jason are great, but I mean, it's like we get we let a, a lot of glue guys that were great go. I think we kind of let them go a little too early because I mean, like, let's just say like when we all, we always talk about when the Celtics went to the Eastern Finals, uh, Conference Finals against LeBron them and went pushed them to seventh. But on that team, I mean, we had players like IT, you know what I'm saying, which at that time, which he, uh, he was, a, you know, he was, a, I guess, I mean, you might want to say he was a dog or he was one of the players that's like, he sees no fear once he, once he steps on the court. He had that chip on the shoulder. Then you had like Jay Crowder and then you had uh, Marcus Morris and all those kind of players. And now you look on the team now, all we have is just it was um, too much. smart. You know, it's like, do we need to – I mean, is it more of getting those players around them to do the things that they are not doing on a regular? Because, like, now they're just – when they're passing the ball, it's all to rookies that haven't even really established themselves they yet. You know what I'm saying? You need yeah, dogs okay. in the yard. 
it's got to be a middle ground. I mean, Sherrod, that 2019 season was a product of guys who legitimately were starters in this league having 10th, 11th man roles, and it just being a disaster from a commitment standpoint to those roles. So you can't have that. But you also can't have guys who, you know, where there's a question of not a, whether in this league or not. Like, uh, frankly, much of their roster is here. And again, it's gotten much better. This is why I still put more pressure on the players and Brad than I did before because what they had to begin the season was inexcusable. But then you bring in Fournier, you bring in Parker, which isn't as big of a deal, but helps. You bring in Cornette, a guy who I think helped. So Ainge made the moves. He made the adjustments. And this roster is in a much better place now. Uh, So players, can you respond? Brad, can you respond? All of a sudden, the heat goes up on them. I think Ainge kind of did his job this year. Um, Quick question for everybody, and I'll get to Ore, who's been kind of spitting mad in the chat. I wanted to get back in here, but – did you guys get a chance to watch the Kemba Walker press conference? Press no. conference? I can't believe it. Did you Did you see what happened, Sherrod? I don't think no. there was one. I, I don't think anyone asked him a question. Yes, exactly. Wait, he sat down, looked around. Obviously, it's a Zoom, so there's nobody looked there. But they, any questions? No questions? And he got up and left. I, I am in Sherrod. You know, I mean, you know, Josue, you've been on the beach. Sherrod, you spent years on it. What are we doing here? Um, what guy has a has a a season high thirty three points, best scoring game he's had all season. Hey, I, if 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 everyone wants to, if everyone wanted to clear out of the way and give me and Kemba one on one tonight, I would have taken it. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. that's not a good look. <laughs> what what? But what is it like? Are you? I I I'm just confused by it. Even if you, I mean. Okay, Brandon, I, next time that happens, call me up. <laughs> I mean, come on. Even what if is you going wanted, on? If, even if you wanted a puffy one, um, mm-hmm. uh, like a little puffy question, like you did everything you could. Uh, it was strange to just have nothing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's really strange, it's especially because strange. Uh, you have like that three, four second, like going once, going twice. Someone usually jumps in there. I'm surprised no one did. Yeah, and then up and out, and it wasn't a walk-off. He wasn't mad. It was just a, okay, nothing, and, uh, and off we go. Just really strange. I don't know. I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not calling anybody out for it. It's just very bizarre um, that that happened. Uh, one, given the fact a, that he just had a season high. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, uh, Ore, jump back in. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? Uh, What's up, man? I feel like this team's problems goes back to something I think Shiraz said is that the things that this team does well in spurts, like the ball movement and the defensive effort, like those things just aren't consistent throughout the whole game. And I think that's why we see so many of these fake comebacks this year, where it's like we get down in the, in the first in the first half, and in the second half we work our way back by doing those exact things, and we just don't do it consistently enough to win games from the first to first quarter to the first, fourth quarter. And I think in games like this, you especially miss Rob because of his playmaking and how the mm-hmm. offense flows through him when he's distributing the ball from the from the top of the key and he, you know, provides spacing because of, you know, the lob threat that he provides. So I just feel like the things that this team can do well, they don't do it consistently enough. Exactly. Yeah. And we were saying this on the postgame show. Th- there is a blueprint. We've seen it work. 
and they they go away from it. They go away from it sometimes after a single quarter. We're lucky right. if you get a game out of it, but or you know, or a little stretch of games where you see it more consistently, and then they forget themselves almost. And I just feel like that's where I think it falls on Brad because it's like if your team has certain strengths and they're not and they're not using it to their ability on a consistent basis and you're not like enforcing it i feel like that falls heavily on the coach because if you know and you and you keep preaching in these post game uh press conferences that you need to do this this and this and you do it for certain periods but then don't do it for long stretches like what are we talking about cuz it's like if you know that then why aren't you enforcing that continuously as the coach i again uh, you sharad Josue, Bobby, whatever. I mean, it's. I, I don't know. It's. Is it on the play? Can Brad? Can Brad say and do any more, and have them continue to not do it? Um, and if that's the case, can he continue to coach this team if whatever it is that his plan is, is not being? I don't know. I just feel. I don't know. I feel like. You know, especially with COVID and injuries this year, it's kind of tough with guys in and out of the lineup. But the same thing is like when you see when we see them, you know, make these comebacks at the end of games constantly after they're down 10, 15 points. It's like it's there, but it's not there enough. And I feel like that's what separates this team that beats that loses to the Bulls and a team that can go out and beat the Bucks. Like I really feel that way. Like I feel like it's there. It's just not like it's just not there enough. Yeah. I mean that that's that's a big issue with this team and I, I don't know if one, there's enough time for them to figure it out before the playoffs start. And two, whether you just looking even further down the road, whether they'll actually ever figure it out. Uh that that's that's really just the you know the elephant inside the room is this team going to respond to brad's coaching um are they going to start to put action behind the words that you know he's is preaching to them to do on a day in day out basis i don't know uh and i i got i know it's, it's frustrating as hell for brad because he, again he has proven himself to be a pretty damn good coach uh but there is a clear disconnect between him and this team and it's there's no I, I don't know whether it's just a short-term thing and that if they come back a year from now they'll th- things will be better or whether there needs to be a change of significance made it's, it's a situation there, i think I, I think it's a night to, yeah oh well i don't know if that's what you mean by that bobby but i, I think it's a it's a night-to-night basis which is obviously shouldn't be the case right you should be giving up or you should be uh listening to your coach every single night but again we've been saying this all year long i mean Sometimes you can sort of get a sense of where it's going to be one of those nights. We're just not quite sure if they're going to be able to crawl, crawl out the 15-point hole this time. You know, like tonight we sort of had that feel to it. But, you know, like I said in the postgame show, I felt like it was – a lot of it had to do with just the, the, the offense, just, you know, settling. And, and the defense was putting up the – putting up better effort than than those – Comparatively, comparatively speaking to the other, uh, was the top ten that we said, or the other, the other nine duds that they put up tonight? But it, it wasn't a whole lot better when we're talking about, you know, we're in May and, and we're still seeing these things. I, I, my point with the situation is, if they come back next year with a little bit of a better team, more stable roster, 
they're going to be better. And I think at that point, there's more faith in the coach. I think it's going to be reasonable for the players to be looking at the coach right now after what happened this year and be like, is this it? But I think they have to ride through that course and learn that it's not all on him, that they have to step up to make some other guys better, build these other guys up. And again, I've said it the last two weeks, this hasn't been Brad's season. I think there's numerous things you can look at it with how Brad handled this year and say, that wasn't great. But I th- I don't know who would have arrived in his position this year. Here's what, here's what it is, Bobby. I don't think it's all rotations, um, you know, you know, and, and some of the things that we can point at and be like, that didn't make sense. You know, uh, I think what we don't know is, is very likely what the issue is. If there is one at all, either there is no issue and um, they're fine with Brad and he can continue on, or you've got players there who aren't necessarily tuning him out as much as they are wondering why he isn't keeping other things in check. You know, so like, for example, again, and again, I'm not speculating as if I think this is true. I'm just saying if Tatum doesn't love it on games where um, where uh, Marcus shoots, you know, 16 shots and, and 10 threes and he's slightly annoyed by that and wondering, hey, Brad, kind of your job to tell him not to do that. Or when, you know, players who aren't playing as much are going in there and not necessarily doing their jobs and allowed to continue to, you know, mess it up, so to speak. Or when Jalen just gets blinders on or Tatum gets blinders on and gets into his bag and starts shooting, you know, dribbling the air out of the ball and shooting, you know, uh, ISO, you know, step back threes. And everyone else is like, hey, Brad, you want to kind of check, you know, you want to rein that in too? And then Brad doesn't. And whether resent, like resentment and tension builds as a result of that. Brad's kind of like everybody just be free and play your game kumbaya let's come together that doesn't work when you're not playing well and and then people start to think like wonder like brad why aren't you telling these guys not to do the thing that's obviously not working and and that's i think where the issue is coming in it's not so much that he's going out and saying guys let's do this and everyone's like nah i think it's a brad are you gonna fix this thing with this guy over here who keeps fucking up um and when it doesn't happen you start to kind of get a little bit annoyed um, and that's always what I think it is with, that's more what I think it is with Brad, that kind of thing. It, it's great when it's, when it's going well, and it's really bad when it's not. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I mean, that's a, it's a fair assumption or an estimate, but I just, throughout the course of a regular season, I mean, there has to be that turnaround, right? Like, I get it. Most teams go through that arc, but... I just, I, I thought we had crossed, I, I thought we turned that corner, right? <laughs> we were saying that for months, right? Like, I thought we, I thought we turned that corner with this team where the team crossed, like, they, they had reached a point where they're going to, they, they're done making those mistakes. Yeah. Again, this is, as we said, this is the type of thing I think that's been the knock on Brad is late in the game, you know, not making it clear who's supposed to shoot. The game goes to shit. Everyone walks off the court, and they're like, "Ugh, well, that happened." Well, see, that's why I don't get you know, it, and that's John. What's cra- that's what's that crazy man dropped like, sixty last week. Yeah, like design some play for him. You're gonna go back to back taco. Like <laughs> that's what I mean. So if you're Tatum, if, if you're Tatum, and you're out there and you're watching stuff, and you're like, 
why the fuck? Why isn't this running through me right now? <laughs> Seriously, did you know? I or did I not drop? Hey, hey, uh, Carson, did I did I drop sixty last week? I did, right? No, I, and and if you can, can we get a play this... call for Jason Tatum? Can we do ISO Tatum? Like it, seriously, like, and, no, uh, all it, of it. Could, Tatum so could reach odd. that point. It's so odd to me. Yeah, if you want to do the taco mm-hmm. stuff, do it throughout the year. Work on it. You know, Jimmy had been shown to get taco involved weeks and weeks ago. If you want to do that in February, we can look at it and say, all right, this is building towards something here. If you're just doing it because you're guessing, because some centers are out three games before the playoffs when you haven't done that stuff all year, like, what is that? It's not going to work. <laughs> like, you've had no practice time. You haven't tried this in any games. Taco barely ever plays. So what makes you think that running these little plays for him are gonna like, and he's done that throughout the season. Going back to semi the other night, you're gone away from semi for four or five games. What makes you think there's gonna be some rhythm and connectivity there? Bringing him in after not playing for a week, and I, again, we've seen this rotation of trying different things. Is this gonna continue into the playoffs? This experimentation, I again, it's stuff I've liked that he's done in the past, and it's worked with other teams, but on this team. When you have guys who can't just step right in and connect to other guys right away, I don't think you can run that specialist matchup type of thing. You have to build up a guy like Neesmith, play him night in and night out, no matter the results, and get him connected to the other guys so you can actually build something there. And that is something Brad hasn't done this year. He's just been jumping from Carson starts to Waters starts to Grant starts to Sendy starts. To Teague starts to not Pritchard starts, you know, all of those things, right? And think, uh, yeah, moving away from Tice, Teague, Green, those guys mid-year after you built up something Bob, there, that's a little bit of a disconnect with Ainge. Bobby, we're we're 66 games in, and you and I finally found some common ground. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they could have used Tice tonight, right? That was quick. <laughs> it happened. Hey, uh, let's let's bring in Rick. Let's bring in Ricky. He's been waiting to speak. Rick. Hey, fellas. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, it's funny hearing Joe Sway on YouTube, and now I just think of the Jay-Z song, It Was All Good Just a Week Ago. <laughs> Facts. Yes, exactly. One week ago, right. Tatum, was, was Tatum was all oh, the god of Boston. That really was one week he was revered. Ago. That's he was unbelievable. Revered. Yeah, man. That's a great call. Oh, my God. Man. We yeah. were throwing a party good on song. here one week ago. <laughs> Totally. So I'm I'm going I'm going I'm going pro Brad and I'm going con Brad and I will go first pro Brad. Uh, you know you guys talked about Olenek and Crowder. You know conference championships. I think his NBA claim to fame is Jordan Crawford. I mean we picked him up right <laughs> and turned him into almost like a six man of the year then trade him to the Warriors, and then less than a calendar year later, he out the league. So I think that was pretty interesting. But Con, Brad, it's like there's three minutes left tonight, and I'm like, oh, my God, Romeo Langford is on the Boston Celtics. Like, how, how you know, how, how have we not seen him? In the resurgence, he's long gone now. It it is weird. Forget forget real quick, Ricky. It's weird. It's on a night where you're missing Jalen. It is strange to go thirteen to go thirteen from Neesmith, zero from Semi, zero from Romeo. It's really weird. 
Like you're you're lacking wing depth, and you literally play all mm-hmm. you, you the the three wings off your bench. You play them thirteen combined minutes, and two are DNPs. It's really weird. Yeah, I mean it's unbelievable. And then I mean, you know, I, I coach the JV boys in the smallest state in the whole United States of America. But like, if you have a team that's literally throwing a rock in the ocean, right from three, and you go to zone. Like, we can't even close out on man-to-man, right? Like, we're just going to camp Taco, who has literally gotten, like, cheering last 30-second minutes almost all year. And, you know, we're just not leaning up. Like like you guys have been saying, like, 66 games. I just don't. So that's my wait, con. Wait, was this the pro or the con? Okay, this is the con. That, that's the con, yeah. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> I thought the pro charge. It's not smart. It's not smart. I don't think it's smart to drop into a zone when a team is just bombing from three. I mean, you can't even close out, you know, with your assignment. That's all I'm thinking. All right. Thanks, Ricky. Yeah, that goes right back to hey, my thank point. You How are you going to run zone? Thanks, How man. Gonna run always zone? good to have you. Yeah. How are you going to run zone after rarely playing it with players who don't play all that much? Like, this is – I say this across the NBA too, and you know this, Sherrod. We we're the zone guys from Syracuse. You can't just throw a zone out there and hope it expects, hope it changes the world for like t- five minutes in a game. You got to commit to it. You have to build it. You have to do it night in and night out. Practice it. It's not just a gimmick, easy thing to run. Like it's it's hard. And and it's what a, ha- what happens to the players when you try something like that and it doesn't work? Are they like, dude, do you know what you're? doing you know like it, yeah. like you lose it you lose you lose confidence fast when you do shit like that or run right. a couple of run a couple of ot you know run a couple of uh you know timeout plays for taco right um, yeah it, it's <laughs> kind of like yeah it, it just i mean it just absolutely you lose screams, popularity real quick I'm desperate. Um, <laughs> yeah you know i mean you you are you are point you are pouring the water on pretty thick on those seeds of doubt yeah, and, right. and it's only gonna it's only gonna grow from there. That's the idea. Of, I mean, no disrespect to Taco because I love Taco, but there's no way in hell I'm calling a play offensively for Taco unless I'm up by 25 points in the fourth quarter. Not gonna do it. No way, because what I need from him is to be a great interior defender. Rebound. I don't need him to score. I don't need that. Anything he does at that end of the floor in terms of producing points is gravy. I need the meat. I don't need just. I don't need the gravy. I need the damn meat. And the meat is defending and rebound. And that's the thing that's. I, I think the Celtics team loses sight of. The, all of those guys have very. I, I think definitive strengths to their game and you need to play to those strengths tatum yes you are a great scorer but you also have the potential to be a very good facilitator we've seen him do that he's got to bring the best of all worlds in of his game together more consistently and we don't see that um and for for us on the outside looking in it's hard to tell whether it's a matter of brad not getting through to them or or they're not willing to let brad get through to them because there is a difference between the two. Uh, no doubt. Let's bring in uh, Elvin. Elvin, what's up, man? Hey, what up, man? Shout out to y'all for giving me a chance to speak. Um, Welcome to the show, out, man. Shout out to the Celtics for making me sip tonight. Because, you know, 
It's terrible, man. Like what they're doing to me, man. It's crazy this season. Like I'm, I'm having some terrible nights, man. Some, some nights where I regret being a Celtics fan. But I mean, to be honest, I feel like we have to draw a line where uh, I feel like there's a certain point where like you gotta draw a certain line. Like, is it the players on our team or is it the coach? And personally, man, I feel like. It's just Brad Stevens this season. He hasn't been looking too good, man. The rotations, I'm not a big fan. Um, I'm not a big fan of, like, not drawing easy buckets for Jason Tatum. Like, there's no reason why he should he should be going for nine points against the Bulls. Like, there's no reason for that. Zero. Um, but, yeah, I feel like Brad Stevens would always draw up plays when he had – even Isaiah Thomas. Like, you're drawing up plays for a 5'9 point guard to get an easy bucket, and you can't draw up a play for – a six ten like star player, like you got two all stars on the team. This man just dropped sixty points. Like th- this, there's no reason for that. And um, I mean, what I've seen today is just a lack effort on defense. Um, I wasn't a, I wasn't too big of a fan of rotations. Like, I don't know, man. To be honest. Grant Williams, man, like uh oh, we we've arrived. At the hey, Grant Williams. yo, like it it took a long did, time, guys. That trains in the league, guys. To that get Grant, always, always <laughs> Grant Williams, so man, I'm telling so you, close. I'm telling you. Hey, he hit that one big three, I guess. But other than that, uh. Man. We're so close. Damn it. Honestly, like the past <laughs> couple almost, seasons. We, we, what would we say? We, we we were pitching a no-hitter into about the seventh inning, right? <laughs> you know, That's we, we, we almost we we almost got through this. I think there were two outs in the seventh. Okay. No, anyway. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Um, Rounder yeah, up I mean, the middle. It had to be me Rounder. to bring up Grant Williams, man. But honestly, man, <laughs> the, like last season, I remember Semi playing some really important minutes for us. I'm not the biggest fan of Semi, but honestly, I take Semi over Grant. Like Grant, he doesn't really show me anything. Like Semi, he could at least hit a couple threes. Like that's you know what you're getting from him. And Grant Williams, he's not he's not hitting those threes that Semi could hit for us personally. That's what I think. But yeah, man. I mean, we're gonna see. Like, I feel like in the playoffs, we're really gonna see. Like, you know, if it's really Brad Stevens like the issue. If we get there, if we get to the playoffs. I'll ask you this question, and uh, Elvin, thank you very much um, for uh, for joining, guys. I, do you even want to make the playoffs right now? Like, if you're a Celtics fan, obviously we want to because we want to cover it. Not personally, I like stories. I want to see what happens. But if you're a Celtics fan right now, do you want to get in as the seventh seed, win the play-in game, and then play one of the top two teams in the East and get put, get potentially trucked? Um, I mean, that's as bad as getting eliminated in the plan is being at, having having one of those top teams absolutely mop the floor with you. I think would be worse. It would be embarrassing I, I, you know to, to to stretch it out over four games and just watch you just go, you know, like almost like the last four games of the Milwaukee series. That was excruciating in the last year of Kyrie. Excru- watching the team quit, watching Kyrie quit, just watching them fold up. It was so hard to watch. Hard to watch, but necessary. Get rid of the varnish. Yeah. Get rid of the paint. Let me see what this team is about. Listen, the lights are on. The roaches are coming out. What are we working with? What are we dealing with? 
I absolutely want to see that because you can't figure out what the hell you need to do to get better unless you see how you stack up when everything is on the line against the best teams. I absolutely want to see that because they may shock the hell out of us and be more competitive than we think, or they could continue to play the way we've seen them play and just go out there and get their asses kicked. Either way, you're going to be better off in the long run because you're going to know exactly where you are, exactly what you need to do to get better. I'm all for that. All for it. Guys, anyone else have a thought? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, you can really test everyone's heart out, right? <laughs> you can see where everyone stands on the on the uh, never die attitude meter. You know, just that's just what, yeah, just way you were sneaking out the back door, weren't you, buddy? We got him. We got him. <laughs> I, 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 I caught. I, I caught you. I caught you. you had, I'm here. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm listening. You, you, you had one. You had one foot out the back door. Yeah, I'm gonna um, hang up and listen. I'm gonna hang up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring in uh, Zach. Zach, you there, buddy? Uh, all right, I'm going to try someone else. Zach, I'm sorry I booted you. Nothing personal. Um, let's bring in Darwin. What's the mic drop? What up, Darwin? Darwin, you want to give it a shot? You're good. Yeah, you're, you're hey guys, can you hear me? Yes, yeah, I got how you. Are you. We got you. What's going on? Yeah, um, what's up, guys? Uh, the, the benefit of having uh, being a boomer is uh, you get to see the uh, – Golden age of the Celtics. Uh, having said that, uh, I finally accepted them to be a playing team. They're not going to be uh, uh, ranked six or fifth or fourth. Uh, it was uh, before the uh, six-game winning winning streak they had. I accepted that they they're going to be a playing team during that time. <clears throat> For uh, for this game, it's a tough loss, but uh, uh, I think Brad needs to have a, a defensive coach. Uh, the biggest drop off from this team compared to the other teams that he had is the drop off from the defense. They've always been a top five, top top six, top seven uh, defensive team, uh, even if they had uh, IT back then. But this team, God, it's awful. It's really awful. Uh, they've been a they've been a bad at it. Uh, I don't think that Brad has uh, has a, what do you call this has a, had uh, any adjustments for this team with regard to the defense. And then he lost uh, uh, players. Uh, that's it. They, we've been talking about the offense, no ball rotation, but but it's the defense, guys. I think it's the defense that's the problem. And hopefully, uh, in time for the uh, play-in tournament and eventually for the playoffs, I think they're still gonna make it. They they do better in the defensive side. That's yeah. it, guys. Yeah. Darwin, thanks. I mean, I, I guess the easy thing, guys, um, is Brad is supposed to be a defensive coach. Well, he, he, he is, but, but yep. here's the thing that I think is, is, you know, we talk about the changes and, and, and things like that. One change we haven't really talked much about all season long is Micah Shrewsbury, who, by the way, when he was an assistant with the Celtics, was their defensive player. I was curious about that. Yeah, Bobby yeah. brought that yeah. up after you guys bounced. Yeah. They, so, they've lost him. They've lost Walter. They've lost Carol Austin and probably a few others, right? Right. But the, but, but the thing about – Micah was that that was his baby 
that was his thing. Um, and I'm not sure, again, to what extent Brad was involved with the defense, I don't know. But I do know this. You lose a guy who that was his responsibility, and the section or group that he was in charge of takes a significant dip, which we've seen defensively, regardless of whether he was totally responsible or partially responsible, the bottom line is you have a significant gap that you have not addressed. And I, and to, to our, you know, to, to the last uh, individual's point, that's a problem. And they've got to figure that out because this is a very different team defensively. Uh, their mindset looks differently. Their approach to defense is different. They don't play with the same level of steady aggression and, and toughness. And those are things that you can coach. Not everybody that that's a good defender came into the league as a good defender. They were more times than not, they were coached to be a good defender. I look at a guy on that bench right now, Evan Turner. Evan Turner was not a very good defender before he got to Boston. He became a serviceable defender. And a lot of times that's all you need. Olenek. What's that? Olenek. He played it's, really good defense here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, you know, the way Kelly, again, he's not locking anybody up, but Kelly knows how to get to certain spots and draw charges. He's very good at that. So I think I, our, our, the last uh, caller's point, I think he's spot on. I think that they really do need to look at finding someone who has a more clear, defined defensive uh, strength. And when we talk about changes that they can make, and, and Bobby, you've brought this up a few times, you know, we, we've talked about just the limitations that they're going to have in terms of actual personnel changes of significance. But you can do a lot of things with that bench. Uh, we talked about adding toughness uh, as far as like maybe having a, someone on that bench who brings a certain grit to it. But uh, to really on a, on a much more basic practical standpoint, having someone who's more of a defensive minded assistant. Uh, would be welcome. Uh, think about, you know, we, we talk about how great, you know, that, that 2008 Celtics team was. Tom Thibodeau uh, was a big part of that team's success. And we've seen what he's been able to do with every team he's been involved with. They've been an elite defensive team. The Celtics need someone who has that type of cachet, uh, someone who can really help this team in an area that right now is one of their more glaring weaknesses, and that's their team defense. John, would you consider trading some of the younger guys off the bench for some veterans. I mean, I don't have anything specific there. Talk about picks. Those could always get involved there. But you do have that $11 million TP this offseason. You got so, a few smaller ones. I, so, Bobby, I trade I, I trade for veterans on Like Neesmith for Barnes. I, well, no, that's but, not a possibility. Not quite. But I trade for veterans, like veteran leader type veterans, on a team that needs only that, on a team that needs much more, that veteran help isn't putting you over the top, I don't necessarily think, you know? So to me, I, I, I always hold on to younger players because I think they're better assets, which means you might be able to roll them into something better down the line. Um, you know, but I think a championship, a team that's on the cusp and needs, and needs your, uh, you know, uh, James Posey, yes, absolutely. You know, like, when that's the guy where you're like, if I get one of those guys for my bench unit, that's going to solidify it. And that's all I, my only hole is I need blank veteran leadership here. Celtics have too many holes to do that. So I don't think that helps them. I, I, I do think you got to be smart in free agency 
in whatever it is with whatever money that you have to play with to try to bring in some of those guys by just paying them. But I don't want to give up on assets yet because those assets to me potentially roll up into a star caliber player if they ever, you know, get to that next level. That, that That's to me, it's, it's the it, asset, not the player. It, it's going to be so important that Thompson steps up and fulfills what they were looking for in him because – that was when you had real money to spend with that mid-level. Now that you're a tax team, that gets cut in half in terms of what you can offer guys. And there were guys like Rondo you could have kicked that to. There were perimeter guys. Not great perimeter guys. We talked about that forever, John. The last free agent class weren't that great. Um, there, there wasn't. There wasn't much they could do. As, 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 as not a great signing as Thompson was, I don't know that there was Got a me. lot. I mean, I would have preferred, I would have preferred Ibaka. You know, but I don't think I don't know who was coming here that they could have gotten that was better than that. You know, um, Rondo is the uh, guy. Julia. Well, Rondo was all we we wanted it in the preseason. We wanted it at the trade deadline. We we've had we've had Rondo, uh, you know, marked here as as someone who could have helped. It, Perk said it. You know, geez, I mean, it makes too much sense. But uh, Julian, what's up? Hey guys, I just want to say uh, two quick things. First. Um, um, I'm really not a fire Brad Stevens guy, but the the one thing, one gripe I have with with him is they make he does a lot of things that don't make sense. So like you know, Neesmith and Pritchard have three great games, and Brad's reaction is like you know screw you, you're gonna play ten minutes a, ten minutes a game now, and it feels like we're the only franchise where if good players play well, they're punished. And the other thing I wanted to say is I found a stat on my own, and I just want to know if you guys think it's a big deal or not. So I went through the season and looked at the top uh, season high for Kemba, Tatum, and Walker. And it's Walker's 33 tonight, uh, Tatum's 60 against San Antonio, and Brown's 42 against Philadelphia. And I noticed that each of those, in each of those games, one of the top three were actually missing. So they never got their season highs when all three guys were playing at the same time. So I was wondering if you guys think it's actually a big deal. And it kind of shows that they're not really pieces that fit together into the puzzle. Uh, anyone want to address it? It makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Say. I mean, one of those guys is out. There's more shots. shots. Yeah. Right. right. So because it, otherwise, you're not going to be able to get to your career. Habit. Right. No, it, it, it definitely make, makes sense. Um, but as far as whether or not they can play well yeah, together. They may also not fit. It might be both. Yeah. It could totally be A little bit of both. both. I saw a lot of that in early, early on in the season, right? It felt like it was if Tatum had a really good night. Jalen was a little off. Jalen went off. Tatum went, you know, four for nineteen or whatever. Like, but we saw less of it recently, right? In the last couple of months, but injuries recently kept Jalen to the on the sideline. You know, I, I really hope he plays Sunday. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, we're gonna wrap it up. I think Chris, take us home. What's up, Chris? Hey, I'm back again. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I just got um. I just have something to say about the some of the moves uh, Danny Ainge has made, um, or the lack thereof, I guess. But it takes two to trade in in a sense. So um, just some of the the recent first round round picks, um, the lack of I guess aggressiveness in going after players that could make a, a, a bigger difference, especially on this type of team. And I'm looking at players like uh, Tyrese Halliburton, for example, uh, who dropped during the draft, where uh, we 
probably could have packaged, probably should have packaged some some of our our picks and still be able to to keep a guy or get a guy later in the draft like Pritchard and something like that. Look at the impact Tyrese is having on the Kings, even though they are pretty bad. But just his leadership, his playmaking, him being being able to move the ball is something that we could use. His versatility, especially with his size, something that we're lacking just because of the small guards that we tend to have a well, Danny Ainge tends to have a fixation with Tremont Waters, Carson Edwards, even Kemba. Like he is great, but he's small. Um, it's a we have a weak start of like a, a point of attack. It's it's always a mismatch on the floor, um, and it's just easy to attack that. And it's I just think it's time for us to get a, a versatile type of player that is able to make those switches, especially at the, just the point guard position, because that's just where that's just where it starts at, uh, especially when teams are attacking us. Well, the, tra- the trade up one's always interesting to me because it really is hard to trade up, especially when yeah. these teams get fixated on certain guys, like the mm. cost becomes enormous. So I get why they didn't do it in those spots. But when you eventually just end up using all those picks, don't trade them for veterans. Don't yeah. trade them up to something else. It's like all of a sudden you have a roster full of young guys and, no minutes to develop all of them. Like, mm-hmm. again, yeah, it's so hard to look at what guys up and down this roster could be because there's so many of them and so few minutes for them, given that the mm-hmm. team's trying to win. Uh, so, like, the, the, they kind of put themselves in this position where they have an unreliable bench because those aren't guys being relied on night in and night out. The only way you get better for these young players is to go through ups and downs, mm-hmm. be relied upon on a team like the Cavaliers, the Suns, when they were picking a bunch of guys. You just have to play those guys every single night, but the Celtics are trying to win. And I've been talking about this disparity for two years now, where half the roster is ready to go, ready to win a championship, and half the roster is at square one. And it just never made any sense in 2019 why they took the approach that they did in that draft. Yeah, yeah. We don't package anything. We just keep drafting, 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 but we don't give them enough playing time to develop into something that we could possibly use. It's, it's basically a waste. We're just wasting the picks in a sense. Yeah. Like we, we talk about, Oh, we have this pick two years ago. We had so many picks. What were we going to do with them? What were we going to, we just, we drafted all of them and none of them are good. <laughs> they become specialists and they yeah. say again and again, you can't draft for need. Well, all these rookies and young guys are just being used on a need basis. And all of them are under six feet. So it's like, I don't. I don't know, <laughs> John. I, I was um, I was digging through Google earlier, and I saw an SB Nation piece from 2019 that said uh, the Celtics had all the steals of the 2019 draft. It was like a draft reaction piece, and it was a picture of Grant, Romeo, Tremont, Carson, and you know that's one we'll remember forever because a lot of people liked it when it happened, and it went bad fast. Okay, here's a massive pet peeve of mine. People freaking, people freaking out over second round picks. Give me a freaking break! They are in the second round for a reason. I that like, come on. The Carson like, one's different though because they gave him a lot of money. It's not easy. To it get right years. I know they did. All I'm saying is, don't you can't get excited about getting a guy in the second round because you got him in the second round. Okay, if it was exciting, you draft him in the first round. So I don't want to hear, ooh, this could be a steal. 
Very, very, very rarely. And yes, of course, there are some players who hit in the second round. Of course, the friggin' league MVP is good, is a second round pick. Um, but like, I, I, that's how many times have we been duped by this? Like, oh, I'm gonna like this guy. You guys are really gonna like this guy. It, 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 no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work. So we're, we, 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 I couldn't resist bringing Taryn back. So. Karen, what's going on? All right. I'm back at it again with the fire Brad Stevens simply because, like, it just seems like he can only coach a certain type of team. And the only type of team it seems that he can coach is, like, players struggling to stay in the NBA. Like, it's literally, like, no matter any superstar there is, like, even if you traded Jalen, another person with a big ego is going to come in here and he's not going to be able to like control him or contain him or get him to do anything. Cause when you think about it, when they had that team with Kyrie, Kyrie was struggling, like praying to God to like show the world that he could do something without, um, what's his name? LeBron James, of course. So like he was struggling, he wanted to do that so bad. So he's willing to do whatever Brad Stevens said to do. Jalen, he wanted to prove to everybody that he was better than scoring six points a game. Tatum, he was just like, Oh my God, I just want to, smart like nobody was even trying to get him like even when the year ended so it's just like and then nobody even respected Horford and Baines probably was just happy to not play in Detroit anymore so like literally the whole team was just like oh my god I just I just want to play so bad oh Brad we'll do whatever you want you know what I mean like and I just feel like Brad's never gonna have a team like that ever again especially a team that talented to ever be like that like and I think he's so wanting that to happen again or trying to find that and I think it's just like never gonna happen no matter what star you trade for it just has to be Brad because he he literally had Isaiah Thomas and then once Isaiah Thomas got good he even changed he wanted a Brinks truck and he's 5'9 like it's just like every player that he ever had will always want to like he will never have that team or those teams that made him big or gave him that name. He will never have, have them. And ever since then, like we've always been underachieving. It's not just this year. It's, it's the, it's the last three years we've underachieved. We were supposed to be Miami. And it's just like, it will never change unless Brad Stevens goes. It's not going to be a player situation. If Bradley Beal comes here, he's going to run over Brad Stevens. Like, if if Harden was here, he would leave. Like he, there was no way he'd stay because Brad Stevens just does not know how to deal with these type of people. And 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 the thing is, everybody's all like, "Oh, we want Rondo, Rondo. We should get Rondo." Do you think Brad Stevens wants Rondo? Like he would, he can't handle Rondo. Like Rondo would all. expose him. I'm telling like, you, like he would, yeah, like he, he would, would never, expose he would him. never be able to handle Rondo. And that's the type of player we need. We need like a Rondo, even like a Kyle Lowry would do. But like. It's Brad. Brad is the problem. And he got so spoiled with the teams that he got because they were up in startup, basically startup teams with players that were just struggling to stay in the NBA. So it's just like, I just, it's just, it has to be Brad who goes. And then you look at the Sixers. Like I said last time, you look at the Sixers. Did they change their coach? They do better. The Hawks, they changed their coach. Now they're better than us. Like, yeah, that's what. <laughs> When we have this conversation, Karen, that's kind of what it comes back to is it's not that Brad isn't a good coach. It's just that sometimes nothing else will work. 
So you 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 try, you got to do something. This was a conversation we had earlier. Can you run it back with the same team and the same coach if they go out? You it know, can't in a really... be the same coach. It just can't. It's the well, it's coach. Got one, one or the other, I would think, right? I guess. I mean, I just feel like once a star reaches a certain level, now that both Jalen and Jason are stars and then Jason may be a superstar, possibly, I don't know, after today's game, but it's just like once you get to that level, there's no turning back. And Bradley Beal's on that level. Like, he can't hand- he doesn't know how to handle it. And when you think about Jalen and Jason, they're the only good things that's happened in this team at all for the whole year. They're the only bright spot. When you think about what's getting better, Brad's not getting better. Name two other players on the team who are actually getting better, except for Jalen and Jason, maybe Pritchard, maybe Neesmith. I don't like everybody else is declining. So it's just like to get rid of somebody who's actually getting better just doesn't make any sense. But I mean and and I think of the reason why their defense has gone down, especially with Jalen, is because he does have such a higher offensive load. Like I I don't think they realize how much how much energy and mental energy it takes to be like superstars in this league. So to have not only the offensive load, but then try to be facilitators and then be a defensive player, then try to lead people who are declining on top of that. Tatum today, he just looks so worn out. And then Jalen, when he was playing, like he's not six for twenty-two bad. Like they just look worn out. And they I don't I didn't I don't think they realized how much of a a burden it was to be like a superstar to be leaders of a team. And I think just like the burnout of both of them, I think the season's over. Like I don't think there's really anything left for the season at all. I think they're just both burnt out. And I I don't know, it's just Really sad, honestly. <laughs> I just have to say that. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> Guys, that was a great call. Yeah, she no, went Karen, in. Karen always brings it, and uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it, Karen. I, there you know, was it's just say, but Bobby, you, 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 my my thing about like a parade tomorrow. of like get Brad out of here, and that's gonna solve everything. I think the Brad thing is more if this team doesn't buy into him and that's the only way out from saving the team, then you do it. I don't think there's going to be an immediate benefit or like a gasp of fresh air when he's gone or it's going to be the saving grace. It reminds me of when people complained about Horford to no end and people said Hayward wasn't healthy enough. Hayward's the problem with this team. Trade Hayward. Then both those guys left and – Nothing better came in, and it's just like, uh, I can, I can and just imagine that happening with the coach. The next coach isn't as good. All of a sudden, there's even more problems, and you realize that wasn't the root issue. It's an issue, but again, the people who look at it and say when they fire Brad, everything's just going to open up, and the championship destiny is going to reveal itself, that's, that's just not going to happen. In fact, once it gets to fire Brad, I think the whole situation is going to be beyond repair. Um, I mean, I, I just, again, I think it's that core or few players saying, I think we need to move on from Brad. I'm not predicting that, but I think that's how, if it does happen, that's the only yeah, way I see it's, it's a mutiny or or it's not. I, I think, right. I, I don't see Danny just going in there no. and be like, Brad, we're done with you. It, it, he signed an extension and he signed an extension in August. It has to be a full blown mutiny. I think. Whether or not whether or not moving on from Brad would benefit the team, I think everybody has to 
move past it move in their thinking. It, it is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Brad Stevens is the coach next it's year. Just that the, and realistically, just and realistically, a lot of these, yeah. a lot of yeah, a lot of these players are coming back too. So, um, it's 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 not going to be Brad. It, it, it isn't. I, I don't see a world in which it happens. Um, I think you know, and we've kicked this around. And the more I think about it, John, it's it's smart. Smart's going to have to go this off season. Wow, and Bobby. I, I, people are going. Well, you know, we said it at the deadline, too. Can you find the right deal for him? Because this is when he, he's most valuable. There's the most time left on his contract. And there's opportunities here to sign it or, or trade for other players that you can sign long term. John Collins. I pushed that deal like crazy, smart and whatever, for Collins and Rondo. I thought that would have saved this team in the short and long term. Now, I just don't know what you're going to get for smart as an expiring contract. I don't offseason. think much. I never have, but... The time to do it was the deadline. I don't know if it was Gordon. I was dubious about that yeah, one. Yeah, but, but Bobby, you know what we said about that college shit, though. He would have had the Celtics by the you-know-what. Oh, I guess it was late night. Well, they pay him. Had by the Again, balls. you don't have a lot of options by the balls. I don't know. I don't know if that's the guy. Yeah, You're going to get sure. pennies in the dollar. You're not going to get John Collins or Rondo for, for him. You're gonna you're gonna take a if you're gonna move him you're gonna take a loss if you're the Celtics you're not At gonna get comparable talent yeah. in return you're not you're not and so if you're if you're if you are okay with that if you're Danny Ainge then you do that deal but if you're trying to get a deal done where you're gonna come away with comparable talent and or uh, legitimate assets and when I talk about legitimate assets I'm not talking about those those draft picks. In the teens and the early twenties. No, that's about, like, you might oh, be able to get. You might only don't, don't be able to get that Sherrod, like a tw- like the twenty ninth pick in the draft. You know, and at that point, you got to ask yourself, how much is this really going to help us? Even from a salary cap, from maybe from a cap standpoint, it'll benefit you. But is that going to help you win the championship? In other words, if you were to take him out of the equation, is that going to open up minutes for a specific player to help you? down the road and i don't think so i don't think there's anyone that that all of a sudden is going to be playing 25 30 35 minutes who's going to significantly upgrade what you do um, Smith is going to be better when he plays more minutes i think I he think will he be better but he, he's not going to all of a sudden elevate you to a title contending team no uh, like i said you cultivate the asset where either he does get good and you could theoretically flip him or he gets good enough to be a legit rotation player knocking on the door of potentially being a starter. Um, maybe, you know, or playing, you know, a two, you know, 25 minutes a night. Um, that's, that's the hope there. Uh, Kess, let's, uh, let's hear from you. And then I think we're going to, we're going to. Okay. Um, man, I really didn't want to call tonight. My wife is a, is a Bulls fan straight from Chicago. She said, Hey, we're, we're not going to win tonight. The team's terrible. Not gonna win. I'm like, watch. I'm like, watch. And lo and behold, we get work tonight. Um, <laughs> man. I'm, so, tough, tough. hey, for real. Hey, hey. But you know what? So, 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 give me a little time just to cook. Do it. Us, us Boston fans, we've had 20 years of just. Man, I, I've walked into so many spots. And talk so much shit and felt so good doing it. 
from the, the, the joy that Tom Brady brought me. I, I have Steelers fans that when they see me, they head the opposite way. They, they, they won't even bet me anymore. I, I mean, our town has been blessed, right? So we lose Brady, right? The Patriots are going to go through what they go through. The man wins another Super Bowl. But I'm like, you know what? We got these young boys. We got this young team. We got this coach. I'm going to get something. Like, we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Like, we're really going to make something happen. Like, we're, like I, I can see this one thing happening. I mean, we went through a damn scandal with the, with the Red Sox, for goodness sakes. But, but, but my Celtics, they're going to come through for me. But we lose to the Bulls. <sighs> Let me say this. Um, we talk about Brad. I want to actually chop it up about Brad just for a second. I want to kind of get the pulse of, of the commentators. Okay. You have the Bulls. There was a point in time when, when, when Pippen was a um, subpar, um, um, soft, emotional, big-nosed, um, brittle, um, couldn't do it in, in crunch time, da-da-da-da. The no- oh, say that again. But you know what changed, John? The coach. The coach. Hey, um, if anybody knows anything about um, European football, soccer, there's something called man management. John, how many times have you said, what's going on with Naismith? What is going on? Brad showed me something when I heard him talking about complimenting how much he loves Stephen Curry. I love Steph. Uh, he's a wondrous player. I mean, I never heard the man talk so so just effusively about a player in my since he's been here. I just haven't heard it. But not every player's Steph. Not every player had a father that went to the NBA and has, has a perfect um, wife and a perfect this, and he's just and he's non-confrontational, whatever the case may be. Guess what, brother? You got players, you got a coach. You got players, you got to get the best out of. That is your job, sir. What's going on, Brad? Man, talk to me, baby. The thing is this. He's got options, man. This dude ain't going to go out there pitching. Pitch. This dude's got options. He can do other things, okay? You got this talent. You said it yourself. Taco, man, God bless the man, but come on. What are we doing? Like, what is going on right now? So this whole idea, okay, he's not, they're not going to fire Brad. They're not going to fire Brad. They're not going to fire Brad. Okay, next year starts, boom. What, we go one and five, three and 10, five and 15. So, I mean, what? We going to keep him just because? We cannot do that, gentlemen. I, I think he'd be on a. I think he'd be on a short leash. If oh, so, 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 I want to know. I want to talk about when is that leash potentially going to break? Because again, we were seeing. Look at Atlanta. I remember I, I, people talking about that. That um, that um, um, Trey Young isn't isn't a talented player. They, hey, um, th- there was a mistake made because they they took um, Trey instead of uh, Luca. Okay. I'll give you that. But they're above us. What the hell is going on, man? Like, 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 what is going on right now? Like, come on, man. Bobby, you know what time it is, baby. Every time I hear you, it's seeping in a bit deeper and bit. I, I get it. I get it. When you look at Brad, he's got it all together. He's on the sideline. When Jalen said he's like a dad, like a dad? They don't need their pops coaching him. Come on now. What, see, we could t- make all, all the jokes you want to make about when it comes to um, Phil Jackson. But one thing we could say, you know, he was a hippie, he was this, burning sage, this, that, and the third. But that man got it done. He knew how to deal with, with attitude and, and, and relationships and, and different personalities. 
you cannot tell me that this man can do it. He can't. He, how has he shown that? How? Like, how? I need to know how. He's made it to three Eastern Conference Finals. I think we should have went to one finals. Right? Gentlemen, right. The answer is yes. <laughs> There's going to be a team to make it to the finals this year, and I'm going to be so pissed. John, you're going to be pissed. I, I'm Bobby, always, you're not going to be happy. You've seen Avengers, right? When, 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 when Hulk reveals the secret that he's always angry, I'm always angry, Kess, okay? <laughs> All right. That's, so what are we my, talking about? Secret. I'm always angry. John, John idols at like 70%. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I mean, gentlemen, tell me where I'm wrong. That, that's the thing. I just want someone to say, yo, Kess, you know, you, know, you have to understand that because of, and look, look, all, COVID hits everybody. It hit us the most. In my mind, Brad, are you on top of these gentlemen? Look, the young guys are going out. Right. But how come everybody, I need you to get in somebody's ass and say, I mean, what is the problem here? And, and this whole idea that um, these are grown men and they should be able to do dude, come on, man. Everybody needs. To, everybody looks up to somebody. There's, that's why he's there. There's leadership involved. Come on, come on. Phil Jackson won one Coach of the Year award. He won one the year when they didn't have Jordan. And P- come on, let's come on, man. Like stop it. Kess, stop Kess, it. one question. One question. Cass, I want to hear more, but I have one question. Is is your wife just sitting there watching you melt Dude, out and laughing, and, laughing and, and, right and laughing, now? And laughing her. And it's okay. <laughs> Because, again, I said I got about 20 years of talking craziness to people. I mean, I could say anything. My Celtics won. My Bruins won. But now I'm like, what is going on? That Celtics Bull series. That playoff series must have been crazy. Dude. Oh, man. Oh, man. See, see, for this, you need me on the show to talk about I know. I know. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. We're going to do it. What is going on? tired from time to time. I told you I got a nine to five. What the hell is going on here? This is crazy. He said they're not going to win. I said watch. And they won. Come on. All right, gentlemen. All right. I I digress. To the next time. Oh, man. That was great. I I listen. You know where I was to start this season on Brad. I was just shutting down people left and right who said that could be the problem. I'm all ears now. What What was your turning point? The Hornets game when t- when he implored the team. He came into that pregame press conference and said, "We gotta protect the ball. We gotta protect the ball." And Tatum just threw it to Rogier on like the third play of the game. There were a couple others, but that one. I mean, what can you say to that? What is that drive home like for that man right now? I mean, he looks stressed. I mean, this, truthfully, this that, afternoon when he found out Rob was out, he looks stressed. But you have this talent again. Come on, Brad. Come on, man. Like really, it, it, it's almost like I almost want him just to bow out and just take another position. I re- almost really wanted to do that just to almost save some dignity because in my mind, does he really believe he's going to be able to turn this team around? Look, look, look. He proves me wrong. I win. I'm happy, but come on, man. Like, come on, fellas. Come on. We've cut it up and diced it and, and remixed it and, and, and warmed it up. And, like, come on. 
what are we doing over here? Sweet <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, for, Brad. Major, for goodness sake. This is madness, man. <laughs> but Brad, here's the thing though. This final stretch wouldn't wouldn't shock me if they just even if they win back to back in my I, I know it sounds crazy, but if they do it, everything changes. Everything we'll changes? See. Okay. We'll see. All right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying. Is, I, listen, I'm not saying everything's all forgiven, but you know, the the narratives changes, and then it's like, okay, let's see what happens from there. You know, but Jalen, Jalen's got to, Jalen's got to be a big part of that. Jalen's being in the corner for the umpteenth time, and oh, man, my frustrate. Okay, you know what? All right, again, I, I, I get tired from time to time. I need rest. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let, let me. She's laughing. Hey, hey, she's laughing. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna let y'all know you that. I'm, look, look, look. T- I'm not too big. I'm not too big or bad. Tell her, look, tell her to look at the. Right uh, tell her to put, put her on the highlights from last week. You want to tell last Friday? Tell her put on the. Okay, she said no. She said no, 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 no. I want her to download the app and to get on with you. Okay, I want her to download the app and to get on with you. Okay, you know what? Next time. Next time. Next time. All right, then, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Good stuff. Um, that was something. Uh, I think that was worth it. Oh, absolutely! It's a mic drop. Come on! <laughs> I love that, man. I love so, that. I have a question. I have a question for Gerard because Jeff Goodman brought this up, and Goodman's been become a big proponent of possibly move on from Brad if things don't go well here. I look at what's going on in Indiana. Bjorkren's going to get fired. There's no doubt about it. He's lost that team. They're fighting a system. Brad to the Pacers. Yep. Could you trade Brad, Brad for Miles Turner? For Miles Turner. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. See, I don't know if you can do it. I don't think you can do it for players. You can do it for picks, obviously. I don't think All right, you can do so, it for You can do picks and right, money. You can do picks and money, I think. Now, All would right. I trade Brad for, like, the Pacers' first round pick this year? Mm. It would be like four. Unprotected? You gotta it'll think be, about it. It'll be 14 or so. In other words, Romeo 2.0. Yeah. Not not everybody in the middle of the draft is Romeo. Sometimes lot, they're Kawhi Leonard. But, but a lot of them are. Sometimes they're Donovan Mitchell. Sometimes they're Halliburton. Uh, let's let's wrap it. I, I, last man standing in Sometimes the, it's Kelly Olenek. Yeah, last man standing was Emmanuel. I want to bring you bring him in here. Hello, guys. Um, uh, how I feel right now, you know, I think I think at this point, I think we just need a, I think we need a point guard. I think, I think if you don't have a true point guard with the type of talents that Jalen and Jason are, both being extreme scorers, and then you also don't have you know people around you that can like score as well. I mean, you do sometimes. You have Evan Fournier sometimes going off a little bit. You got Aaron Naismith, you know, hitting his occasional three in a corner. You know, you have that sometimes. But I think, I think what you really need is a point guard. I think just the talents that Jalen and Jason are. You, you have two scores, and then with Brad, I just, I think we need to change the coach as well. I think, I think he's just not it. I think we've been to three Eastern Conference Finals. One, I, I give him the two, and where he had Isaiah Thomas, I give him that. And then where Jason Tate, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were both young, I give him that. But the, the the I can't get the last Easter Conference Finals out of my head. Like we were we were clearly a better team, and we did not win because of like some stupid coaching like 
just not being able to control your players. Marcus Smart just jacking up a three out of complete thin air. I just Jalen Brown just standing in the corner, and I, I just I just don't feel. I really do feel like you just need a change in coach, and then also you need a point guard. I think Kemba doesn't really work with the Jays. I just don't think that really meshes well. I'm not saying Kemba's a bad player. I think he's been hurt. I think a lot of things have been going on with him. But, you know, I don't think he's a point guard. I think you need a pure point guard when it comes to two players like that who both score. I think you need a pure point guard like a CP3. But there's not that many around. I think Rajon Rondo would have been a good piece, but couldn't get him. So, at this point, I just don't know where you go from here. I don't know who you trade. I don't think you trade Jalen for Bradley Bill. I just don't think that works. I don't think Bradley Bill is going to give you the playmaking that you really need. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I really don't. So, I don't know. That's my piece. Yeah, I think you're all of us. Uh, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, nobody knows what to do. That <laughs> sucks. Just, I don't know. It's it just, just got so dark. It just got so depressing. I know. It's just it's just frustrating because because of the one step forward, one step back. You feel like we're changing our tune game to game. Um, you know, it's like, well, you know, and I and I get it. Some people in the comments are like, "You guys are so inconsistent. One day you love them, and the other day you hate them." Oh that's, yeah, that's we're, what we're the been. inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, we're these, the inconsistent. But these fans yeah. this have rode waves I cannot imagine. Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even about us loving them though. It's just us saying like, "Yes, that's the way they should do." Like this, they should do this more often. They were good tonight. They were bad tonight. Like it's right. not. It's not much more yeah. complicated. Right. It wasn't like. Those wins were as promising as I don't know anything else compared to like one of their better seasons in the last three to four years. The one of those more yeah, impressive stretches outside yeah. of the six game winning streak, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, it's it's a rough one. We're we're back, guys. Uh, just let everybody else here who's still with us and quite a few people. Uh, if you want, um, check. Click on our profiles. You can give us a follow on Twitter. Um, I uh, or. Uh, the CLNS YouTube channel, make sure that you subscribe there for our post-game shows uh, where you can watch them there. Um, so we love having you guys on. We are back for Mother's Day, a Mother's Day special. Uh, at least enough of us to do a show, and we will hop on Locker Room again afterwards. So, um, you know, we will hear from you there uh, as well. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's all i got to say, guys. Um, I want to thank Nick Gelso, the Mater D of the chat, um, in there, you know, kind of you know, making sure everybody's comfortable, they have what they need. Uh, and uh, Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, keeping that everybody, ruckus in there. Keeping everybody sure entertained. It's a bit of a ruckus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Nick, thinks that's, Nick thinks that's where the real party is, right? Yeah, the real, exactly. The real party's in the chat. We're wasting our time here talking. This is where all the fun is had. No, the band is not over, Nick. <laughs> Can't have it. Um, but anyway, thank you everybody for listening. Guys, any final thoughts? You, you guys are good. We're talked out, right? Again, like I said on the show, I think they're going to have a good shot in this Heat series. I think they match up well this year. I think the Heat, again, I'm not as high on them as others. So I think they're going to come out of this series and people will be feeling a little bit better about things. Come on, man. I still don't feel great. That's how I felt about the Heat all year. I'm just not that impressed by them this year. 
something's underwhelming about them, and I, and people are gonna see it. They're gonna be like, "This is the Heat after that finals run, really." A matinee, though, Bobby. Oh, well, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> a matinee with Jimmy Butler. <laughs> a Jimmy Butler matinee on Mother's what is Day. Oh, you know, Sunday, one p.m. This crazy. You no know one's gonna show up. Yeah. You know good. Oh my up. God! I just forgot about it. We're not doing a show on Sunday. Okay. I I, I can't do another matinee blowout. I, I, I'm. I, I'm going to determine. Yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna we're going to say after, if they lose by 20 on Sunday. I, I, honestly, I'm going to make a I'm going to make a snap judgment after the first quarter whether we're doing a show at all because I can't friggin' do it if they have another friggin' thir- 32 to eight first quarter. I just I, I don't know what to do there. If that happens, I'm chilling. With, I'm chilling with Mons for a little bit. Second quarter, <sighs> whole second quarter, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> thank, thanks again, everybody, for hanging. It was a ton of fun. Thank you to Sherrod Blakely of Bleacher Report, Boston Sports Journal, CLNS Media podcast host of the A-List podcast. You must subscribe to that if you haven't already. JosuePavoneHeavy.com, CLNS Media, and host of the Causeway Street podcast. Bobby Manning, CLNS Media, Boston Sports Journal, Celtics blog, Dome Theory podcast. Make sure you subscribe to that as well. Uh, and obviously subscribe to our uh, YouTube channels on CLNS Media. Uh, check out all our stuff on the website, and we will see you guys on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. See ya.